0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Picholke, and, of course, co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and follow all of us as well at the Duke of sports at Tyler Picholke and at Jacob double underscore Gonzalez on this episode of the TSK show. Tyler is out of town as he went home to Washington for the holidays. So it's just Jacob and I here to hold down the fort. We're going to talk about how I did in fantasy football and who is in the championship of the TSK show fantasy football league. We're also going to preview week 16 in the NFL And we'll talk about what we think should happen to the patriots after yet another scandal has presented itself we're also going to preview week 16 in the nfl and we'll talk about what we think should happen to the patriots after yet another scandal has presented itself then we'll transition to some hoop stock where we'll discuss the fact that zion williamson has yet to make his debut the nba g league announcing there will be a team coming to mexico city and we'll preview the highly anticipated bucks lakers matchup all right let's start the show (laughs) What's up, Jacob? How you doing, man? What's going on, Eric? Oh, you know, just another day in paradise, living the dream.
1: Another episode of the TSK Show.
0: Yep, here we are. Uh, Like I said in the intro, Tyler is home up in Washington for the holidays, so we want to wish our best and happy holidays to everybody up in Washington. The entire Pacholky family uh, and everybody else that supports us up in Washington, we appreciate you so much. Happy holidays to you guys! Uh, Christmas is a week away. Hanukkah starts this weekend.
1: Oh no, it's a big week for you, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. Hanukkah starts on the twenty second. I already actually got an early Hanukkah present. And I know. I'm
1: looking straight at it right now.
0: Yes, uh, my parents and grandparents and a couple other family members. Chipped all chipped in and got me a new laptop so shout out to them thank you for that Uh, it's greatly needed and greatly appreciated
1: especially for this show I'm going to just add
0: yeah listen when you when you've been doing a podcast it's it's important to have good equipment and I I got so I got a pretty dope laptop and I'm thrilled to be using it for the first time on the show
1: so that means that means people are going to expect more from us because now you have new equipment
0: yeah, no, and we're we're here to give our best well, it's time and give to deliver now. Give our A game. So let's get right into it. The fantasy football playoffs are right here in the midst. We're in the middle of it. And unfortunately, my hunt for a fantasy football championship has ended unsuccessfully. I lost in my third and final league in the first round of the playoffs where I entered the matchup as the number one overall seed for the playoffs.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah. But there was a couple because you're in multiple leagues. There right. was a couple of them where you didn't even make the playoffs.
0: Right. So I didn't make the playoffs in the TSK show fantasy football league. I made the playoffs. Which that
1: one is the most important one. Yes, of course. It's so the unfortunately, most you didn't make that one. But yeah. you still made the number one seed for the other one.
0: Well, for my third one, my second one, I made the playoffs, but I lost in the first round as well. So, it's just not good for me overall, but what really was tough in this up and down year for me for for fantasy football was the league I was projected number 1 overall. I was projected to win by like 20 points the entire week. So I was I was like ready to go. I had I had the number 1 team projected to win by 20 points coming into Thursday night and Sunday. I was I was ready to to go in oh, yeah, it
1: was showtime.
0: To the championship. Like, I, I was ready. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, the guy I was matched up against on Sunday, by the end of the night, when the clock hit zero on Sunday night football, his team put up 190.6 points.
1: Which, had his team done that before, like, was he a high-scoring team in the Fantasy League?
0: Not to my recollection. And I mean Oh, so this
1: was news to you.
0: Yeah, and 190 points is
1: hard to do.
0: Like, it who did he have? Let me let me pull it up. Hold on.
1: Cause he had to have had either a couple of guys who just had like breakout games, or these guys were putting up consistent numbers and you just got the blunt of it at the end.
0: No, 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 no. It so where is it? Full box score.
1: So, wait, how many points did you put up?
0: Well, by the end of Sunday night, it was 190.6, and I had 80 points.
1: Oh. <laughs> wait, so you had 86 compared to his, his 190. Right. So,
0: Dak Prescott, for him, put up 17.2 points. We well, he did
1: have a good game against the Rams.
0: Ezekiel Elliott had 31 points. Chris Carson had 26.7 points. Jeez. Jamison Crowder had 27 points. A.J. Brown for the Tennessee Titans had 25.4 points. Darren Waller for the Oakland Raiders had 20.2 points. Sterling Shepard for the New York fucking Giants had 20.1 points in the flex <laughs> for him. And all of a sudden, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense decided to have the best game of their lives. As a defense, they put up 17 points, and his
1: kicker got him six. That And that team, too, inconsistent, you know, up and down all year long, and then look at what they do in the last uh, couple games. Yeah. Screw you over in a uh, fantasy league game. So my issue was, like I said, at the end of Sunday
0: night, he had 190.6 points, and I had 80. But I had Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, and Will Lutz left to go going into Monday Night Football. Small glimmer of hope, I know. I needed to put up, like, 100 plus points to
1: I mean Breeze can get you there so could uh, Thomas.
0: Right, I needed Breeze to go for like seven touchdowns and Michael Thomas oh, to get like four a, of those. That's a
1: little it's a little extreme. But i can give you 3 or 4.
0: I still ended up losing by 40 points. The final score was like 190 to 150. So that was how my quest for a fantasy football championship ended.
1: All the puzzle pieces just fit perfectly for him and unfortunately for you you just couldn't stack up to his uh, point
0: no, it was it was quite an embarrassing performance.
1: Well, there's always next year. You always regroup next year. You make better picks.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'm gonna do three leagues next year. I gotta I gotta reevaluate my, my you just position. Focus, you just
1: focus on one.
0: Yeah, maybe maybe doing three leagues is too much.
1: Yeah, because you have play like because for for each league you had obviously different rosters. I'm assuming like completely different rosters. Yeah, were they, was, were they more or less the same? No
0: they were different there was some overlap but for the most part they were they were pretty different lineups yeah Um, but real quick before we wrap up this fantasy football talk we got to talk about who's in the championship game for the tsk show fantasy football league we got a matchup between the one seed sean sweeney he's going against the three seed chris diaz and currently sweeney is projected to win by five points so we want to wish good luck to both of those guys it's It's been a really fun year in the TSK Show Fantasy Football League. Uh, Tyler puts in a lot of work in running the league day-to-day uh, and managing it that way. Uh, and I know he's excited for what's to come and some future changes and additions that we want to make to the league. And while Tyler is up in Washington, he is going to get the trophy from the former champion, Chad Johnson. Chad has to give it up. He's had it now since winning it last year but tyler's coming home with it to california
1: had to give it away yep
0: yep and the winner between chris and and sean will get that trophy for the next year and
1: until the next winner is crowned of course yeah and hopefully that will be me next year yeah if you're not in three leagues then maybe we'll see yeah if you're if you're not in three leagues and you're not concentrating on two other teams then perhaps that uh that championship will be yours (laughs) Yeah, hopefully.
0: But all right, let's move on now to a topic I love to talk about.
1: Well, you're smiling, so I don't know what that could be. <laughs> well, the Patriots got caught oh, cheating again. Oh, yes, this. No, I know. I, then I, I'm with you on that. Then I'd love talking about this too.
0: So there has been yet another accusation of the Patriots cheating. And to quickly break it all down. The, the Bengals turned over footage to NFL security of the Patriots filming the Bengals' sideline for at least eight minutes during the Bengals' Week 14 matchup against the Browns in Cleveland. The Patriots said they were filming a piece focusing on an advanced scout for their, quote, do-your-job series, which focuses on Patriots' employees and their day-to-day duties They also say they informed the Browns that they would be in attendance of that game and would be filming said advanced scout. But they also admitted they didn't inform Cincinnati or the NFL that they would be there. They only let the Browns know. Now, Jay Glazer, trusted NFL insider.
1: Which he's broken Patriot News before. Right. So why wouldn't we trust him a second time?
0: Right. So Jay Glazer revealed the footage that was turned over to the NFL security on Sunday morning on Fox's pregame show, and man, it was just as bad as I thought it was. Jacob, why don't you play that sound of the Pat's employee talking to Bengals security?
1: And this is a piece you're filming on your advanced scout? Yeah, yeah. Come on, guys. I don't see the advance scout in this footage. No,
0: that's not. We were trying to get some legal perspective on the damage. That's not the no, failsafe. I don't know why you would think you could take that. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. Sorry. But I can believe this right here, you. Yeah. Damage is done, my friend. No, it isn't, because we believe it.
1: That's so. that was my favorite part at the end when he said the damage is done. Yeah, and he said no, no, no. I can just delete it. Yeah, no, that's, it's, that's not the point.
0: Right, exactly. It's like you got caught red-handed. <laughs> oh. and you're like, oh, now you want to delete it?
1: Which there's more, and I know the audio is kind of hard to to decipher throughout the whole thing. But uh, basically, he got caught, and he, at the end of this clip, because there was more obviously to it, but he he keeps explaining, saying, "Well, once I delete it, it's gone forever." And and he's he's telling the, the the security guard, you have to believe me.
0: Right, and you could clearly see in the video that the camera was basically had the Bengals sideline in frame, was clearly focused on what. Oh the yeah, ba- he was lying the whole time. What the Bengals were doing, and listen, me and you were both journalism majors in college. We, we understand the concept of B roll, right? <laughs> Big time now. He could have maybe said, like, oh, I'm trying to get some B-roll for this. But, like,
1: B-roll, it's like, you pan a little, you
0: zoom a little, you get a little bit of this, Which, a little there's bit a of rule. that. Which,
1: Ten seconds, hold a shot, move on. Right. Exactly. This looked look like eight minutes. Eight minutes
0: of footage. And what's interesting was I worked a broadcast over the weekend with Rob Parker, Vic the Brick Jacobs, and Isaac Lohenkron. And they were talking about this because the news had broke that morning and right before the show was about to go on the air and Rob Parker brought up a point on the show. And he was saying that Bill Belichick has a file on everyone and he didn't have anything on first year head coach, Zach Taylor. So he wanted to get some footage of anything possible to get a leg up on Sean, uh, Zach Taylor. I almost said Sean Taylor, rest in peace. Yeah. Great. Uh, strong safety. Uh, but Belichick wanted to get a leg up on Zach Taylor as a coach and it's completely Sneaky bastard It's completely plausible because this is not the first time the Patriots have been
1: caught doing this That's why to me when I saw the news when it broke it did not surprise me
0: right and I think what people are gonna try and say like oh everyone cheats but it's like it's just it's to a point now where, it's just the sad. micro. The Come microscope. The, the microscope is so focused on the Patriots every time, and it it is such a big deal because they do end up winning these Super Bowls because of things like this. So it's
1: yeah. I was just gonna say that if if they so happen to win the Super Bowl, if they beat you know let's say the Chiefs or the Ravens who are powerhouses right now in, in the AFC, if by some by some chance because they still have a chance, they're still a great football team. If they beat. Those two teams make it to the Super Bowl and win the thing, and they and they obviously have that uh, that title. This is gonna look so bad on them,
0: right? And it's everybody was saying like when the when the news dropped, it's like why did they have to get film on the Cincinnati Bengals? They're the worst team in the league. They're the Patriots. That's that's
1: another thing. That's, that's, why them.
0: But that's that's what adds to Rob Parker's point. It's like they're not doing it for that upcoming game they're doing it to see patterns history uh substitution patterns tendencies by the line of scrimmage tendencies of the coaching staff and signals that type of thing where they can create a file and know what to look for in upcoming games not just just the, the one immediate yep. game coming up that's that's what i think the point that rob parker was trying to make with bill belichick's trying to create a file on zach taylor the coach
1: so it's solution around that is you fire your head coach every year and you don't have to deal with that crap. Well, what do you think should happen to the Patriots? I mean, before they did get fined for all the other the deflategate gate and other other previous instances. OK, but this I don't think that they're going to they're going to get, you know, um, they're going to reprimand it for this. I really don't.
0: You really don't think they're no. gonna get reprimanded
1: for this? No. I have a feeling it's not it's gonna it, there's gonna be a little case about it here and there. Well the
0: investigation is still going on. They haven't closed it yet. They haven't announced any sort
1: of punishment. But if you were Roger Goodell or whoever's If I was, I would definitely, you know, give them their You uh, throw the book out. Oh, over. yeah, big time. Yeah, for sure. Why not? You've had if you've had a history with it, then of course I'm going to you so know throw
0: throw some numbers around. Are you are you are you finding them six figures? Are you taking some draft picks away? What do, what are we what are we talking
1: here? See, I don't know about the draft picks, maybe, but I I feel like maybe a fine for sure. Which teams probably should get that? That should be the first thing. It would be multiple things I would hit them with. Probably a fine. I don't maybe maybe they lose like you know, some kind of advantage heading into the playoffs? I'm not really sure exactly. See, it's tough because you can't take away wins from them. Like, you couldn't say, hey, you guys...
0: Well, that's why you take away draft picks.
1: Mm, Well, to them, they don't really care about that. Exactly. Maybe now they kind of do because Brady's at, like, the tail end of his career, and they haven't really groomed anybody else, like, to replace him. So, future-wise, they're a little scared, let's be honest. But they don't really care about draft picks.
0: Okay, so... Let's say it's just a monetary fine. Are you finding the team or are you finding the team and Bill Belichick? Or who are we just one overall just big fine?
1: Well, no, this has to go to the top. This you find Bill Belichick.
0: Well, the top is Robert
1: Kraft. No, well yeah, but is he the one saying, Hey, let's go to the Bengals and record footage? Well, I mean, Technically, he's he's turning a blind eye and being like, oh, I didn't hear anything cool.
0: So the guy we heard on tape that was explaining to the security guard, he's technically an employee of Kraft Productions. And he's he's already been suspended by Kraft Productions for this incident. So the Patriots have handed down a punishment to the guy at actual fault.
1: See, remember how I just said right now how they're not going to get in trouble. The the NFL is going to be like, oh, you know what? They took care of it.
0: So you think them being proactive and
1: suspending the guy yeah, is going to help them? That that's going to aid them because the NFL is going to be like, well, why why do we have to, you know, maybe maybe they'll get a fine at the worst. Okay, They'll get a small fine uh, for the team. But because he's been suspended by, by Kraft Productions, the NFL is going to see it as they've already taken action already. So why do we need to take more action? Okay. It's already been taken care of. That's what they're going to see it as.
0: Okay. I think if, if I'm handing down the punishment, I'm giving them at least – Five hundred thousand dollar fine.
1: Oh, At, e- easily you should. Robert Kraft's got to cut that check straight from him. But I think the point that I'm trying to make is that I think Bill Belichick, as as much as the guy was from Kraft Productions,
0: well, Kraft Productions, he literally yeah. was wearing a Patriots no. logo in
1: the press booth. Of, no, of course, but it all comes from Bill Belichick. So you
0: think the directive came down from Bill Belichick, like, hey, who else? Who gotta else? Go. Would,
1: who else would would would, would Order somebody to go to the practice and film it.
0: Here's the thing. You don't got to convince me.
1: No, I know I don't have to convince <laughs> you. I'm convincing everybody who's listening right now to this podcast that it's got to go straight to him, and he's got to get fined. It's real cute for the team to get fined. That's fine. It's going to happen, and players get fined. But this coach has to get fined. Okay. Because this is not his first offense, and this is not the team's first offense either. Okay. And Jake Glazer's all over this because this is his second time already. Yeah. Specifically with uh, Patriots breaking news of of their scandals.
0: Yeah. So, all right. Enough enough of that. We we just got to play the wait and see game now as the the NFL continues that investigation. But we'll move forward here on the TSK show. Excuse me. Um, But we're going to preview now week 16. I know Tyler usually handles the power rankings, and it wouldn't feel right to do it here no, without he's a, him.
1: He's enjoying the holidays up in uh, Seattle. Yeah,
0: and he he really uh, takes the power rankings head on and, and handles that. So I wouldn't want to step on his toes and not do it do him any justice by trying to do my power rankings. So we'll just stick to the picks of the week here with me and Jacob. So the first week we actually don't got don't have any Thursday games. We're starting off on Saturday.
1: Honestly, I'm kinda happy about that. Some of the Thursday games in the past three weeks are absolute crap.
0: Yeah, it's always it's always interesting late in the season what happens to those primetime games as teams get flexed out based on records. So you kind of get some weird uh, matchups. Weird matchups like last night the the Saints Colts ended game ended up being a blowout on Monday night football. So uh it's interesting late in the season to see what happens with those oh, flexed yeah. games. But Saturday, we have three games on the slate. The first one, we got the Houston Texans going to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers. Houston coming in at 9-5. and five. Tampa Bay coming in at an even 500 at 7-7. Seven and seven. The line for this is Houston minus 3. I have Houston winning this game. Tampa Bay's had such a hot and cold Type of season where Houston has an offense where I think they are a lot more consistent with Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins, Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, uh, Carlos Hyde at running back. So I think Houston takes the W on that as they have a tight race in the AFC. Yeah, they're going to need AFC this win. South because it is still up for grabs. But
1: who do you got in that game? See, I'm, I'm still taking Houston only because. Like you said, Buccaneers have been, you know, a little iffy. But I would also like to point out that Houston's been like that at times too. After their win against the Patriots, they go and lose to Denver in a blowout. So they they obviously do need this win. But I'm still taking them in this in this week. But they're another team that kind of has to fix their inconsistencies throughout the um, heading into the playoffs. Hundred <clears> percent,
0: no doubt. Now the next matchup we got is. Uh... An interesting matchup because usually this game means nothing, and this game actually has a lot of divisional implications on the line. And it's the Buffalo Bills coming in at ten and four. They're going to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots coming in at eleven and three. I better
1: watch it; they'll get taped over there in <laughs> Buffalo.
0: Well, we, mm. you never know. But the line for this is New England minus six and a half if buffalo wins this game they will have the tiebreaker and could win the division if they win out now i think ultimately the patriots win this game because it's december and we all know what bill belichick and tom brady are capable of in december and on into january and february they're, they're built for this month right so i have the patriots winning this game but it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch this game because it's the first time this game has meant something in a long time. The bills have clinched a playoff spot for the first time since 1999. That's
1: huge for Bill's
0: Mafia. I know they are stoked up in upstate New York for that, which
1: I didn't have at the beginning of the season, I didn't if you would have asked me, I wouldn't have uh, told you that they were going to be a good team at all. No, no. And so, like you're saying, this game is this game is big for both of them.
0: Listen, we've said many times here on the TSK show, Tyler and I have had discussions. I know since you've become a part of the show, you've been a part of it. Uh, we never really had faith in the Buffalo Bills this season. We no, never, we never know. gave them their just due, and they've continued to to prove us wrong. And they they clinched the playoff spot. There, there's nothing. They have a chance to play for the Lombardi Trophy. Yeah. So. I mean, as
1: good as they are, though, I would still take New England in this game, only because it is it is hard to win in Foxborough, and like you said, and like I know, Brady and Belichick are just built for December football; that they're just ready for it. Yep. Heading into the playoffs, it's, it's no, it's a easy easy question, you know, to ask me.
0: Yep. And then the primetime game Saturday night, we got an NFC West matchup.
1: Ooh, tough though.
0: Yeah the rams going up to the bay area to take on the san francisco 49ers the rams coming in at 8 and 6 coming off a huge loss in dallas to the cowboys which they
1: desperately needed
0: they desperately needed and now they're they're fighting for their playoff lives they got to win out minnesota's got to lose out for them to make it into the wild card game and it, it they got a really tough matchup going against Arguably the most consistent team this year in the NFL, which it, they
1: are coming off of a loss, but but still
0: they're coming off a huge loss that really screwed them in terms of tiebreakers and playoff scenarios with Seattle.
1: Oh yeah, now the Seahawks have the uh, the top seed
0: exactly, but San Francisco coming off that stunning loss to the Atlanta Falcons, I have to take the Rams because they're my team, but I'm I don't feel good about it. I don't feel good about it. I'm not confident in this team at all anymore. I tweeted it after the game uh, when they lost to the Cowboys on Sunday. A lot of these players on the Rams need to take a look in the mirror and ask themselves if they want to be great because we saw flashes of it last year, and it led to them making it to the Super Bowl. We'll we'll X out the, the performance they had in the Super Bowl because it was abysmal, but...
1: But even even against the Seahawks a couple of weeks ago, you saw what they were capable of.
0: Exactly at home. Exactly at home. So th- these guys: Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, Cooper Cup, uh, a lot of the guys on the defense: Jalen Ramsey, Troy Hill, Nicole uh, Nikkel Roby Coleman. Uh, these guys got to take a look in the mirror and ask themselves if they want to be great, because this year we got nothing. It was a this this year was a disappointment. We made it. The Rams made it to the Super Bowl in their second year in Los Angeles, and there were a lot of high expectations coming into this year. Gurley got paid last year. Donald got his Donald got his contract last year. Jared Goff got his contract this year. And yeah,
1: you've right, gotten paid. Now it's time to show for it. Right, you got to live up to to what you what you've made, which people had their expectations for them. Like I know I did. Jared Goff's a number one overall draft pick. Yeah, and after last year, if you take away the Super Bowl performance, and you just you, you sum up last year, they had a great uh, season last year. Yeah. And this year, a little bit different. Now now they have to win out every single game.
0: Yeah. So I got the Rams in that game. You going 49ers, I'm, I'm assuming. i
1: going 49ers, unfortunately, on this one. Just the way they played against the Cowboys, is my gut's not really uh, with them on this Listen,
0: one. Listen, I, I can't blame you for it.
1: No, and I hate the 49ers. Let's be honest here. Yeah.
0: So, all right, the next matchup we got the the Jacksonville Jaguars coming in at 5 and 9. They're going to Atlanta to take on the Falcons who are also coming in who are also coming in at 5 and 9. Uh Atlanta's favored by a touchdown. I have Jacksonville coming in and winning this game. Uh Atlanta similar to Tampa Bay. Don't really know what we're going to get this year with them. And Jacksonville coming off the stunning victory to close out Oakland's time. The raiders time in oakland
1: that sucks for them yeah i mean the
0: black hole booing Derek carr and everybody as they ran over to say goodbye was definitely a tough look but uh i got jacksonville winning this game in atlanta
1: this one this one i'm taking uh atlanta at home only because yes they have been inconsistent but the teams i feel like they've beaten have been teams where like they probably should have lost to those teams Atlanta, like, Atlanta, like Atlanta has week. no
0: business beating Atlanta, or Atlanta has no business beating San Francisco this year. But
1: it, it happened exactly. So that's why I'm taking them in this game only because they win games that you feel like, nah, they're probably gonna lose that game. Yeah. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go against them for the rest of the season. I mean, there's only two more weeks, but still. So I'm gonna take them.
0: Okay. All right. The next matchup we got, the Baltimore Ravens coming in at 12 and two. They're going to the dog pound to take on the Cleveland Browns, coming in at 6-8. and eight. The line for this is Baltimore minus 10. It was just announced earlier tonight that Baltimore got 12 Pro Bowlers, a record for the NFL. Jeez. Yeah, so, uh, All led by Jackson, too. Big trust. Shout out to them. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson locked up the MVP. Uh, he's had a stellar year. Shout out to him for also passing Michael Vick's Rushing record for a quarterback in a season. I mean, it's pretty obvious. I think the Ravens are going to come in and dominate against Cleveland. You got reports coming out of there that OBJ is telling teams, come get him. Jarvis Landry's telling teams, come get him.
1: What a season for them, though. If you could just sum it up in, in one word, it, it just had such high expectations but just got shot down so fast.
0: Oh, I mean, it, the, the, to sum up the season in two words, it was all gas. Oh, exactly. All gas. Did
1: you ever? Did you ever hear what Stephen A. Smith said about that team? Well, n- not not about them, but specifically about Mayfield. How he said you can't have more commercials, yeah, than, more... than wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I did see that.
1: <laughs> see, if if that doesn't say anything about that team, then I don't know what does.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's a tough looking. I saw I saw a report either this morning or yesterday that they're still interested in sticking with Freddie Kitchens long term, and I have no idea why.
1: Again, Cleveland's Cleveland sports are sometimes very dysfunctional. You saw the Indian streak. Sometimes, the, well, let's okay, yeah. Let me. LeBron take won
0: them their first championship in fifty years. Okay. It's, they are they dysfunctional they're, they're all the always time. Always
1: dysfunctional. Then yes, they've had their glimpses, very small, but it shows firsthand with the Browns. Look at how long they've been awful for. Yeah. No, I mean, it's a, they've had a
0: rough go of it for sure. So, all right, the next matchup we got, the New Orleans Saints coming in at 11-3. They're going to be taking on Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans coming in at 8-6. The line for this is New Orleans minus 2.5. I got the Saints winning this game on the road. Uh, The Saints coming off a big victory over the Colts last night on Monday Night Football. Drew Brees becomes the all-time touchdown record holder for quarterbacks, so congrats to him. Uh, I think Tom Brady's actually only like two touchdowns behind him so Yeah, it's like a it's back and forth. They don't <laughs> they're, they're going to they
1: probably get switched by like next week.
0: Yeah, for the next two weeks they're I think they're going to flip-flop at the top. But Drew Brees passed Peyton Manning, so that's uh, pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, I got I got the Saints winning this game. Michael Thomas having a stellar year. Just, I mean, catching every ball that's thrown his way, going for over 100 plus yards every game, getting at least one touchdown. I mean, he helped me become the number one overall fantasy yeah, seed in one league but
1: unfortunately he couldn't put you over the top but he did help hey, you to get there
0: he did his part his, oh, he did his yeah. teammates on my team did not but anyway i got the saints winning that game what about you
1: same thing I, I can't go against uh breeze right now especially late in the season and especially heading into the playoffs you saw what he could do against the colts in the blowout victory so there's no way you should uh you should go against him and the saints
0: yeah i agree uh, the next matchup we got is the Carolina Panthers coming in at 5-9. and nine. They're going up to Indianapolis to take on the Colts, coming in at 6-8. and eight. Indianapolis is favored minus 6.5. I have the Colts winning this game. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see who Carolina throws out there or puts out there at quarterback. Uh, their backup Kyle Allen through three interceptions again.
1: Yeah, that's been their question for most of the season too.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's definitely been a carousel uh, for them in the quarterback situation this year. But, I mean, Chris McCaffrey, yeah, he can win them a game by himself. I was just about to
1: say that. Maybe he this is one of the games he wins for them by himself. But
0: Indianapolis's defense is no joke. Darius Leonard, all-pro defensive guy, his rookie year last year is – is a stellar stellar player so uh, i got indy winning that game
1: who do you got same thing i'm going with indy especially coming off off their loss uh against the uh the saints
0: yeah i think they definitely want to come out and have a much better performance mm-hmm. than uh than they had last night on monday night football but moving on <laughs> we might want to just skip this one yeah i I
1: don't see i feel like when there's games like this they should be like fat question mark
0: on it it's the tank off it's uh the cincinnati Bengals going to miami to take on the dolphins i have the dolphins winning this game just because i think cincinnati is set on having the worst record in the league
1: yeah that's not going to change probably miami's going to take this game
0: yeah so all right the next game we got the pittsburgh steelers going to play the Jets at home well the Jets are at home excuse me uh the Steelers are eight and six the Jets are five and nine I got Ducky Hodges getting another W for the Steelers it'll be interesting to see though if Le'Veon decides to put on a show against his former team
1: which you always look forward to when uh former uh teams and players you know play against each other
0: but Minka Fitzpatrick in the secondary for the Steelers has been absolutely stellar since getting traded to Pittsburgh from Miami. So I think Minka could give Sam Darnold a lot of problems uh, in the passing game. So, like I said, I got got Pittsburgh winning this game.
1: Same, especially just because Pittsburgh is now fighting for any win that they can get heading into the postseason, too. Right.
0: They still, their playoff hopes are still alive. They got to win out. mm Mm-hmm. So they they still have a chance at a ten and six season and to to get into the playoffs. So all right, another another tank off, another tank off. We got the New York Giants coming in at three and eleven. They're going to the nation's capital to take on the Washington Redskins. Oh God! Both teams uh, are three and eleven. Washington's favored minus two and a half. I got the Redskins winning. I know. I don't think. I don't think the Giants are going to put Eli Manning out there. I think Daniel Jones is going to come back and play the last two weeks. But I think the Giants are also set on tanking the rest of the season. So See what they can
1: get in the draft. Yeah, and I think this just
0: gives Dwayne Haskins another opportunity to get live reps in game to get more experience as a starting quarterback. And he's got a veteran running back like Adrian Peterson behind him. So I think the Redskins do win the game. In this matchup.
1: For this one, it's just an oddball pick, but I'm probably just going to take the uh, the Giants just because it's late in the season. Yeah, why not? And, and Barkley could have a you know potentially good game. Yeah, no, Saquon,
0: best running back in the game. Yeah, you, no just, you, you just never know with him. You, you saw him made that guy fall last week,
1: right? Oh, big, oh yes. Yeah, that's what Instagram <laughs> is for. <laughs> uh, yeah. All my highlights.
0: Yep. So, all right, the next matchup we got is the Detroit Lions coming in at 3-10-1. They're going to the Mile High City to take on the Denver Broncos. They're coming in at five and nine. Denver's favored minus six and a half. Detroit put Matt Stafford on IR, which means he is done for the season. So I got Denver winning this game. Uh, it's always tough when going a team. There. It's always tough yep. when a team goes up to the to the altitude. Detroit's a dome team. They now got to play outside in the elements in Denver. I think Denver wins this game pretty easily.
1: Oh, easily, yep. Which they're another team who've had their, like, ups and downs. They've blown out teams, but then they've also had their early, like, season, like, failures, too, with with Flacco.
0: Yeah, they still have questions, even with Joe Flacco at quarterback.
1: Yep, but they'll probably win this game.
0: Yeah. All right. An interesting one now. We got... The Oakland Raiders coming in at 6-8, and eight, coming off a loss in their last home game. Oh, so they're pissed. In the Oakland Coliseum. The Black Hole boot them as the team ran over to say goodbye and thank the fans for all their time <laughs> in, in, Oakland. in Oakland. They're coming down to Carson to come play the Los Angeles Chargers at Dignity Health Sports Park. The Chargers coming in at 5-9, and nine, coming off a 7-turnover performance. Jeez. And a loss. The Chargers, they're favored minus 6.5 in this game, and I have no reason. I could not think of a reason why. Because this is their
1: last home game at um, Dignity Health.
0: Dignity Health is going to be all black. There's going to be so <laughs> oh. many Raider fans at this game.
1: Well, obviously, like, we're in L.A. The, but...
0: the like, the... Minnesota fans that were in the stadium on Sunday, like that was like the most away fans I I've, I've ever seen. Like watching it on TV. Minnesota fans travel though; they travel well, and I mean the Raiders fans they travel. They, if not, they're the best traveling fan base in the world. They practically
1: live here in, in LA. There's probably ninety percent of them there's do more, live here. more Raider fans here in Los Angeles than there is Chargers and Rams fans. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. As as well as the Rams, the Rams are
0: the Rams are gaining.
1: Oh, yeah. They've already, you know, surpassed Charger fans. Of course, the Raiders have a far bigger fan base than
0: the Chargers here in L.A. Without a doubt, the Raiders are going to win this game, and it's going to be embarrassing.
1: The last, the last home game (laughs) for the Chargers.
0: (laughs) So yeah, I got the Raiders winning this game. It's it's gonna be another home game for the away team.
1: Yeah, I, honestly, just because of the uh, the way the season has gone for the Chargers, I'm taking the Raiders. Yeah, all right. The next matchup we
0: got it's for the NFC East. Basically, we got the Dallas Cowboys coming in at seven and seven. They're going to Philly to take on the Eagles, who are also seven and seven. Dallas is favored minus three on the road in Philly these types of games always have these moments in them that are memorable uh these rivalry type games in the NFC East it's it's filled with those so uh we love these kinds of matchups here at the TSK show but I got Philly winning this game I think I know I I know Dallas is coming off a big win but They've been so inconsistent this year. We a lot of their
1: wins have been against teams under the five hundred mark too.
0: Right, and we never know which Cowboys team is going to show up. Like we haven't seen the Cowboys team that showed up against the Rams in weeks. Yeah, they were firing on all cylinders, and we 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 haven't seen a Cowboys team like that. But but then they also get
1: blown out too, though. So you're always questioning, well, which team are we getting tonight?
0: Right. So and I mean, listen, I know we say this with the Patriots, but December football in the NFC East and and Philadelphia, those fans are a rabid fan base. Philadelphia fans are no joke. They're some of the most passionate fans in all of sports. So I think they're going to rally behind their team. They know what's at stake. They're trying to fight to get back into the playoffs. I got Philly winning this game.
1: Yeah, the same only because Philly has had their, their fair shares of ups and downs, which there's a handful of teams that have had those same problems. But I think the last couple weeks have been solid for them. And the win against the Rams, Cowboys wise, that was just one glimpse. We're not going to, I don't think we're going to get this team this week.
0: Yeah. So, all right. The next matchup we got another NFC West matchup. We got the Arizona Cardinals coming in at four, nine, and one. They're going up to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Seahawks coming in at 11 and three, and they're favored minus nine and a half but the seahawks will be without wide receiver josh gordon who was suspended indefinitely by the nfl for violating their performance enhancing drugs and uh drugs of abuse or substance abuse policies once again this is cheese. what is it his fifth sixth uh, time yeah i believe this is his fifth suspension for this same offense so I mean, Josh Gordon's career is in limbo once again. And I think while he did make an impact on this Seattle Seahawks team and was a big weapon for Josh Gordon when he – or for Russell Wilson when Josh Gordon was available, I don't think Seattle's going to miss a step really without
1: him. No. I mean, look at the Patriots too. He played for them early on and same issue and – Uh, He didn't he didn't he wasn't really missed once he left Brady just found another person,
0: right? So I think Seattle ultimately even with Josh Gordon's departure Seattle's gonna be fine. I think they're gonna win this game pretty easily They're going to going up against a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll are one of the longest tenured uh, quarterback head coach duos in the league So, I think Seattle wins this game pretty handily. They are in the driver's seat in terms of playoff position for the NFC West. They have the tiebreaker over San Francisco.
1: And they can sense blood right now.
0: Yeah, they can smell blood in the water for sure, especially with San Francisco losing to Atlanta this past weekend. So, I mean, Russell Wilson has put on an MVP campaign. I know I said Lamar Jackson, I think, has locked up the MVP already, but... Russell Wilson has just as strong of a case as Lamar Jackson.
1: Oh, he does, especially the season this year. Uh, and, yeah, it's definitely a no-brainer with the Seahawks for me on this on this choice. Um, but, like I said, they they can smell the finish line as far as they can lock up the number one seed in the, in the NFC West.
0: Yeah, and Tyler, uh, when he was here and in past weeks, as I said, the Seahawks control their own destiny. And they've done exactly what they've needed to do, minus the loss to the Rams a couple of weeks ago. That little blip, other than that, they've done everything they needed to do to secure that first-place position in what we've said here at the TSK Show is the toughest division in football, and that's the NFC West. Oh, it is.
1: By by far, without a doubt, it is the toughest division.
0: So, yeah, I mean, I got the Seahawks winning that game, so do you. The Sunday night matchup, we got the Kansas City Chiefs coming in at 10-4. They're going to the Windy City to take on the Chicago Bears. Chicago's coming in at 7-7. Seven and seven. Kansas City is favored on the road, minus 5.5. Kansas City also just picked up Terrell Suggs off the waiver wire. It's a good pickup. After he was released by the Arizona Cardinals. I have Kansas City winning on the road. I've said it uh, many times on the show. I don't trust Mitch Trubisky. I don't trust Chicago. Yes, they have a stellar defense led by Khalil Mack, but the NFL is a quarterback's league and when you have Mitch Trubisky at your court uh as your starting quarterback you're not going to win a lot of games in my opinion and they're sitting at 500 right now and i don't see them finishing with an above 500 record
1: oh no and and he's shown you all all year except for maybe one or two games where he's had three touchdowns i believe it was the one on thanksgiving right where he had a he had like 300 yards yeah, two touchdowns they won their game on thanksgiving and they, yeah, and and they won their game and you and you thought you know what maybe he's turning it around and then you fast forward to the week later and it's back to normal right so yeah i don't i don't trust him as a quarterback so it's this is a no-brainer as well taking kansas city
0: yeah and kansas city's coming off a a great performance at home in the snow i mean Tyreek Hill is i love watching
1: (laughs) snow football games those are the best
0: (laughs) it was funny i I can't remember who said it on espn but they were like i didn't know a cheetah could run in the snow oh When, uh, when he had that 40 yard touchdown run yeah or touchdown reception because i mean he was just lightning quick oh he's one of my favorite
1: receivers to watch yeah by far
0: so and i mean patrick patrick mahomes has been pretty good since coming back from the knee injury so yeah i mean i got i got the chiefs winning this game and then the monday night game is for the division as well basically we got the green bay packers going to minnesota to take on the vikings Packers coming in at 11 and 3. Vikings coming in at 10 and 4. And like I said, the Vikings lose out and the Rams win out. The Rams and the Vikings flip flop in the playoff position. So that means the Rams would win or would make the playoffs. So I have to choose the green Bay Packers to win this game
1: right now Rams fans are just begging Aaron Rodgers to take this game
0: yeah and listen I feel very confident putting my confidence in Aaron Rodgers as a quarterback he looked great with uh Devontae Adams this past weekend so I mean listen Minnesota has had a great season the defense has been doing work all year Kirk Cousins has gotten the job done, to, to say the least. They're he's subpar. They're, in, they're, in my book, he's listen, kind of an issue, too. They're 10-4. and uh, Stefan Diggs is a top-tier receiver in the league. Adam Thielen is the same when he's out there. But I got to go with the Packers in this game. I need them to win this game.
1: Yeah. No, I, I'm taking Green Bay as well in this game. But they do kind of scare me going into the playoffs for, for some reason. I just feel like they're sometimes, at, at times, they're too much of like a finesse football team. And they kind of just hope for Rodgers to do everything for them. And that's not how it's going to pan out. So you got Minnesota winning this season. No, 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 no. I, I, no. I said that I would still take Green Bay. Okay. Going forward, though, I still feel a little bit shaky on them. I got you. I got you. Okay.
0: Well, that wraps up the the picks of the week for Week 16 in the NFL. I can't believe we're already almost to the playoffs. It's This season I, is going I, by it, really yeah, quick. Really, it really
1: flew. I feel like midway I was already thinking, like, oh, you know, we'll see the playoff a picture soon. And then, where are we in week 16?
0: Yeah. So, let's transition now to some hoops talk. Uh, the NBA, we're, we're almost to Christmas Day. That's always the marquee day for the NBA. But we're now exactly eight weeks from when Zion had surgery to repair a torn meniscus. And he is yet to make his debut for the New Orleans Pelicans. The other day his coach Alvin Gentry said that Zion is eager to to get back out on the court but the team is still being very cautious about how the injury and rehab are being approached. The Pelicans though are The Pelicans are in the middle of a franchise record 12 game losing streak. Oh they're horrible and currently have a record of 6 and 21 which is good for second-to-last in the West and the entire NBA. So with Christmas being a little over a week away and the Pelicans slated to play on Christmas Day because...
1: Of Zion. Because of Zion. Let's be real here. That's the reason why he's playing. Right. That's the reason why the game was scheduled.
0: Right. So with Christmas being a little over a week away, is it safe to say that if Zion doesn't make his debut on Christmas Day for the Pelicans... They should just shut him down for the remainder of the season and let him get a hundred percent so that he can make his debut opening night next season.
1: I think I think this is very similar to the situation when he was in college. Remember when he got injured? Um and they were questioning You mean when the shoe broke? Oh yes. Yes. Okay. So just wanted to make sure. When when he got injured because of the shoe, there was there was talks of should he even play in the tournament? I said he should not play another game in college. And if you asked a bunch of analysts or anybody, they would have told you the same thing. But he still went out there and he played games. So I don't think this is going to be any different. If he doesn't play on Christmas Day, he's going to come back somewhere near January, February, probably around the all-star break mark. And even after that, if but he does come back... But what's the point? The point is... This team
0: might not even win 20 games this oh, year. Oh,
1: absolutely not. This team's not going to win 20 games. But the point he's going to argue is that he wants to get reps in. I would tell you the same thing. If I was the Pelicans, I wouldn't let him play. I would probably sit him down. So would I. And in if he does come back, most likely he's going to be on a minutes restriction or a load management program. Yeah,
0: for sure. So, for sure he so, would be on that. Yeah, no, absolutely but he that, would. That That leads me to say, why not just shut him down? For the rest of the year, don't let him play. Don't let him touch a basketball until he is 100% ready. I saw a video of him today shooting threes yeah, in with, the facility. With, with Lonzo. Well, and he did. He looked like he was taking it very – he was approaching it very gingerly, it looked like in the video. So I think if he doesn't play by Christmas and with Alvin Gentry saying that they're still being very cautious about how they're approaching this injury, I think they just should just shut him down. Don't play him this year. Take the Blake Griffin, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons approach where they sit out a year. He'll win rookie of the year next year. I think John Moran has basically already got it locked up. He's been, he's he's been a hell of a stellar year. for the Memphis Grizzlies. And I, with Zion not making his debut by Christmas, I think too much time would have passed for if he were to come back. I think too much time would have passed where he couldn't win the
1: rookie of the year from... John Moran. Yeah, he's already lost that race like you said. But and and logically So then
0: take the redshirt rookie of the year approach yeah. like Blake Griffin, Joel
1: Embiid and Ben Simmons. Yeah, logically it makes sense to sit down. But you know damn well he's not going to want to sit out for the whole year.
0: And I respect the hell if that is if that really is how he feels, I respect him for that. And I say go do what you want to do, but like at the end of the day the NBA is a job and if your boss is saying no, you can't really you don't have a say in it,
1: really. But, but it was the same thing with with Duke. They were telling Duke to, is Duke is different. I, I know, I know, it's different in the college setting. But it was the same thing. A lot of people were telling him, "Do not play another game." Well, like for instance,
0: Lonzo wanted to go get surgery on his ankle uh, with that specialist in Cleveland or whatever, and the Lakers sent a plane, basically, sent with some like team representatives, and basically brought him back to L.A. and were like, "No, you can't get surgery. We'll void your contract." like it's a job like if the the coaching staff the front office and the medical team sit Zion down and be like no we're shutting you down you can't play like he well, then, he doesn't really have a say Yeah. well
1: then there he are, he has no say in it but
0: that's what I'm advocating for
1: for him not to have a say
0: well I'm not saying for him not to have a say I'm advocating for the team to make the call where they should shut him down and like be like, no, you're not playing this year.
1: No, I absolutely agree with you that they should shut him down. I wouldn't play him if I was Alvin Gentry or the Pelicans organization. But you're saying but he's, but, he wants but to play. Yeah, but, but will he sit out for the whole year? No. Okay. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I I don't see him playing. Because all factors say, say yes to why he should sit out. One is this is his rookie year. You still have plenty of years, hopefully, that will pan out. Two, you have the second to worst record in the West, only behind the only ahead of the Warriors. And you're tied with like the Knicks and. Yeah, if you're if you're tied with the Knicks in any category as of right now, you know you're in a shitty situation.
0: The Knicks and the uh, well, the Hawks are, have twenty two losses now.
1: Well, yeah, they've been doing pretty bad too. But yeah, all the factors would would tell me yes, let's sit him down for the whole year. But will he sit down for the whole year? I I doubt it. And actually the Pelicans are now six and twenty-two. They
0: lost tonight. They're on a thirteen game losing streak. Oh, no. they're
1: they're horrible. Which I will be the first to say it in this episode. Before the season started, I did say that they could be a potential playoff team. They were fringe. They were fringe. Coming in at like if nine Zion, to ten. If Zion
0: if Zion was healthy, Brandon Ingram took the step he did take this year because he has taken that step. He has elevated his game drew holiday is an elite point guard in the nba i think at least defensively yeah we can say that uh and there were actually some reports today that he's actually on the market for new orleans now oh great Uh, yeah so they will be because he
1: doesn't honestly fit in Mm He he's he's in he's already in his like like middle stage of his career where now you have like Zion, you have Lonzo, you have Ingram and Hart. You have well, all these exactly. young assets. If
0: the Pelicans want Lonzo to be the starting point guard going forward, you have to move on from Drew.
1: Which honestly, I would take Drew only because he has a jump shot and he can defend well. Do the Lakers try and make a trade for Drew? It'd be it would be an interesting pickup for them. But he's also I feel like he would fit in with the with this playing style, and, he has, and played, he, he has played with AD before. LeBron wouldn't have to play the one anymore.
0: I mean, he, he could still obviously bring the ball up, but he wouldn't have to play it as much. Drew's an elite-level defensive point guard, like we said. So there's your person that has to guard the other player's point guard because if LeBron's going to be playing actively as the point guard— you still need someone to guard the other team's point guard because LeBron's not going to do that.
1: No, most of the times they just switch a guard on him.
0: Exactly, that's what you got: Avery Bradley, Rajon yeah. Rondo. Uh, but it is Quinn interesting Cook.
1: that that they're that they are shopping him. But I also do think it's the because of the fact that he doesn't necessarily fit in. And yeah, Lonzo too, which they have so much promise in him still.
0: Yeah, listen, I I still have faith in Lonzo as a player in the NBA. I think
1: he can be a contributing. Starting
0: point guard in the league, I think he has all star potential if he's in the right opportunity to have it make that kind of impact. So we'll see. But again, I think Zion just needs to sit the year and and come back fresh, hundred percent next year.
1: Well, Christmas is only what a week away. Yeah. So I don't. I, so I don't think he plays after, or he. I don't think he plays on Christmas Day. But I can see him coming back around the All Star break but what's the
0: point if the season's yeah, lost already
1: uh, trust me i know I, I don't know what the point would be but he he i could see him coming back around that time
0: all right anyway some other news out of the nba starting next season the mexico city capitans oh. will be the 20 Jeez. will be the 29th team in the nba g league The addition was announced last week during the NBA's Global Games in Mexico by Commissioner Adam Silver. The the Capitans currently play in the top league in Mexico, reaching the championship series the past two years, but they didn't win the championship either of those two years. This is their third season, which they will be concluding in the upcoming months in Mexico's top league but after the season, they will be making the jump to the NBA G League, and this is the first team from outside the United States to be a part of the G League or the NBA, uh, really family of franchises and teams. So, what what do you think of this move?
1: Are they so? The first thing that comes to mind are they shooting for thirty teams like the NBA has?
0: Well, they're they're shooting for every team to have a direct affiliate
1: yeah because some teams share right so
0: the mexico city team isn't gonna have a direct affiliate but i know they're working i know there's two teams currently i think it's portland and one other team that don't have affiliates direct g-league affiliates so they are looking to make two more g-league teams that would be direct affiliates of those nba teams But I think they're also now looking to expand and make a couple teams that don't have a direct affiliate and that teams can kind of just pluck from here and there from Mm -hmm. those rosters, which I think is cool because having a bigger pool of players to choose from only increases the percentage of having more, well, having better talent, really.
1: Yeah no I don't I don't knock the the move. I think I just I don't understand the location cuz Mexico has never been really a country that's been good in basketball or solid in basketball. If if you had to choose between two borders, I'm choosing Canada. They've had more players come out of there well,
0: than they already I believe they already have. They have a
1: Canadian team?
0: I believe so. Cuz Well, no, they don't because this is no, yeah, this, this is Yeah, this
1: would be the first. Right. Yeah, this would be the first foreign one right. outside of the I'm U.S. I'm trying to think
0: where the Raptors, nine oh five. Where's the Raptors? That one's
1: probably somewhere on the other side of the border, but on near near Toronto, but on this side.
0: Oh, they're in Delaware.
1: Yeah, see. They're cold as hell still all over there, but Oh wait, no. They're so they're not in Delaware. No, they're in Ontario. So this would be the second team.
0: Yeah, I guess. Huh. I must have wrote that down wrong.
1: Well, anyway, least, well, yeah, at least they're expanding it, but I think, at least, uh, yeah, Th- to my point is m- why not maybe expand more in Canada because I don't feel like the market is big enough in Mexico to give them uh, a G G-lead affiliate to a team.
0: Well, I think this is the NBA's way of trying to take that next step
1: with Latin America.
0: We see we've seen what the NBA did in China and the way they expanded in Asia. Obviously, we know it took a hit. This, this summer year so they're trying to you know bandage but, that up right they're trying to bandage that up but we saw initially what the pop and boom was of that expansion in asia with players going over in the off season playing regular season games in asia this whole this whole announcement was that the global games happening in mexico mm. so the the league is starting to play regular season games in mexico in latin american countries so I think that's just really what this is and just trying to take that next step in and further building that bridge between the NBA fans
1: and basketball fans in Latin America. Oh, yeah. No, no doubt. Yeah. Again, I don't I'm not complaining about the the move of adding the new team. I just no. think I think just maybe location is a little bit weird. Who knows? Maybe in a couple years, that this Mexico team generates a lot of uh, popularity. Well,
0: that's that's my next question. I, do you think we will see an actual NBA team in Mexico City in the future? I think I think Mexico City is on the short list of cities that the NBA would look at in terms of expansion. Because I think that I think this is a clear move, like indication that the NBA would be interested in moving a franchise or creating a franchise in Mexico.
1: Yeah, this is definitely a test, no doubt, to see how it does with the G League. And if in the future this does well, then they say, hey, look at all this, uh, the fan base here. Let's talk about getting an NBA team here. But I think I would still go to Canada only because we've had a Vancouver team. You know what I'm saying?
0: If we're we're talking expansion in the NBA in terms of, going from more than 30 teams i think we got to talk about u.s cities first before we talk about going back to canada or well, yeah, a yeah. new team in mexico or any like maybe london or yeah in china somewhere
1: but I- no no. but it's to answer your question i think that they would expand first on on the upper side of the border than it then they would on the southern side yeah, the, so the
0: no, the northern and the south. Yeah, yeah sorry, so Yeah, so the northern and southern. Yeah. I'm just giving you shit for yeah. saying upper, and upper then southern.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's up, up on the map. But yeah, so Mexico. Yeah, I I would say that they would give them the team last out of out of those so, first U S. Then you know Canada and then to Mexico. But they very well could get their own team. But this would have to be years, years down the line. Yeah. Um, let's say you were to make a a short
0: list, maybe three to five cities, real quick, of potential nba expansion teams what
1: what what cities
0: would you have on that list
1: i think no brainer you would bring back a seattle yes first and foremost that's one team i think if you did not bring back that team you would get a lot of shit from fans
0: okay so you're bringing back one western conference team
1: yeah unfortunately vancouver but Maybe somehow you figure out a way to make them an Eastern Conference team. Well, you, if you bring back Seattle and Vancouver, you could then make
0: Memphis and New Orleans Eastern Conference teams.
1: Yeah, you would probably make New Orleans the Eastern Conference and Memphis team. was wait was yeah well was Vancouver Vancouver was in the West, which is right. which is odd,
0: but-, but that's where Charlotte came into play when they got rid of Vancouver.
1: Oh, that is, that is true. So, yeah, then maybe you move those two teams.
0: Right. So, Seattle and Vancouver would go to the west. Then you move Memphis and New Orleans to the east. All right, so that's two cities on your...
1: I don't know. Got, the, the, you... the third one's up in the air. I don't Vegas, know. Vegas, what... Kansas City. Vegas Vegas would be great only because the Raiders are moving there, and they just got their hockey team. And they just got their WNBA team, so it would make sense to move them to Vegas.
0: Right, they could play in T-Mobile Arena.
1: Yeah, it's already there.
0: Right. So, all right. So Vegas is the third. Maybe Kansas City. Do you think Kansas City could hold a basketball team? I'm not. I'm not sure. they're,
1: They're too much of a football team.
0: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if Kansas City could hold a basketball team like maybe Oklahoma City
1: does. See, markets are different. That one they kind of had to like get used to it because that's what they were moving to. <laughs> well, but they tested it out when New Orleans went through Katrina
0: and the Pelicans had to play half of their games. And it did well. Right. So that's what ultimately brought the Thunder to Oklahoma City.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't I can't think of another team that I would say that would have a a good fan base there and they would do they would do well, like Oklahoma did. But Vegas would be the and even them I'm still kind of, like, on the brink of because it's great, but then are they truly, like, a basketball city? They do have USA train there sometimes. They do have the um, Summer League there, which is great to go see. So maybe that's kind of, like, a a, a small gap to fill for the fans.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely think Vegas could hold uh, an NBA team. It's just... I always get concerned with professional sports teams in Vegas because of Oh, that's a scary thing what thought. Vegas is. And I'm still worried about the Raiders going. And I mean, we haven't really heard anything happen in hockey with Vegas, but I mean, football and basketball players are different animals I, than hockey yeah, players. I was just
1: about to say hockey players are different kinds of people. Yeah. I don't feel I, I feel like they don't live as luxurious lifestyles as the NFL and NBA players do. They're live. not as
0: recognizable.
1: No, if I saw a hockey player in a in a hotel casino at like the Bellagio, let's say, I wouldn't know who the hell he was. Right. So, all right, I mean, it's I think
0: I think overall I think it's going to be good for the league that they have a G League team in Mexico City. It's it's the NBA is one of the most global sports now. But basketball is one of the most global sports. It's it's on the heels of soccer i think and because i think soccer is always going to oh, dominate Soccer's number one yeah but i mean bas- basketball's it's up there and i think this is just another indication that basketball is growing worldwide
1: you know hopefully hopefully this move does work out for them which i would like to see it work out for them i'm just a little bit skeptical on the fact that it is in mexico but hey be prove me wrong maybe you guys go there you have your g-league team and it actually does you know very well
0: yeah so all right real quick before we get out of here let's uh let's preview this highly anticipated lakers bucks matchup the lakers they're they're in the middle of a road trip and like i said they're set to play the milwaukee bucks thursday night in milwaukee both teams are sitting atop their respective conferences and have identical records at 24 and 4 tied for the best record in the nba both teams lost their last games coming into this matchup, and both teams had long winning streaks snapped with those losses. The Bucks had an 18-game winning streak snapped in their loss against the Mavericks Monday night. The Mavs did it without Luka Doncic, who suffered an ankle injury and is expected to miss some time. But the streak was the longest in the NBA since the Warriors won 24 straight games. In 2015 I remember that year 16 and the Lakers had a 14 game road win streak but that was snapped earlier tonight in a loss against the Indiana Pacers 105 102 Anthony Davis did not play against Indiana after he suffered an ankle injury in the Lakers last game against the Atlanta Hawks on Sunday do we think AD will play against the Bucks on Thursday night
1: Ooh, Thursday. I was just about to say probably, but if it's Thursday, ankle injuries are a little bit weird because if, depending on what they are, <clears throat> if they're high, high grade, high sprain, it just depends. The ankle's a weird spot to injure, to get an injury on. So if it was Sunday, Saturday, I would probably say yes. But if it's Thursday, I don't think he's going to play.
0: Yeah, see, I think obviously he sat out tonight to give him a better chance of playing Thursday night against the Bucks. I think he does play. I think he wants, at least I hope, he wants to prove to Lakers fans that he's he's got what it takes and he's going to play even if he's hurt, but he wouldn't play if he was injured. That kind of mentality, that, yeah. that, that Mamba mentality that Kobe had where he's going to play until his arms fall off. Uh, but, I mean, I hope he plays, but either way, a lot of people are saying this is a potential NBA Finals preview. It's interesting, though, because I think the Bucs are the only team besides Philly that could present a problem matchup-wise in terms of size. The Bucs have Giannis. Yeah, they're very long. Right. The Bucs have Giannis. They have the Lopez twins. Chris Middleton is a prototypical six-seven long wing defender, and... The Lakers, I think one of their biggest advantages is their size with AD if he plays against the Bucs. JaVale McGee. And Dwight. Dwight Howard. LeBron James, obviously 6'9", 6'8", 240, 50, whatever he is now. Uh, that's been one of the Lakers' biggest upsides this year is how they've used their size to their advantage on defense and in getting rebounds and affecting shots at the rim. But the Bucks have similar size to them so yeah just
1: with the two lopez twins
0: yeah and i mean brooke can come out to the three-point line and knock them down
1: i don't think he'd even use the post anymore let's be real listen there was a game when he was
0: on the lakers
1: and he shot a shitload of threes no he didn't record a single rebound but somebody else did wasn't it like a guard yeah he but, had more rebounds
0: right. than brooke a seven footer did not record a single rebound know, in a basketball game it.
1: There was like a six three guard on blew the team. Blew my blew my mind,
0: but yeah, and Robin Lopez is aggressive. He's an energy guy. He gets rebounds. He he gets yeah, offensive. He's, he's your trash
1: guy. He's just gonna rebound for you. Yeah, cleans it all up. He doesn't need uh he doesn't need touches on offense all the time.
0: Yeah, and and Giannis, one of the best players in the world.
1: So it's well, his his name says size all the way. <laughs> Let's just put it that the way. The size of his, the, yes, yeah, his yeah. name,
0: the size of his body. Yeah, his
1: his his him as a player, you just hear of his name, you think of size, length. And so the, yeah, their their team is equally, equally can match up with the Lakers.
0: And in the in the backcourt, they have guards like Eric Bledsoe, who's speedy, can take somebody off the dribble, can create his own shot. And the Lakers have older Veteran guards that are that are probably a tad slower than Eric Bledsoe, so it's going to be interesting to see how that matchup plays defensively. Who's going to guard Eric Bledsoe? Is it going to be Rajon Rondo? Is it going to be Avery Bradley?
1: They have Wes Wesley Matthews too now. Yeah, and he's, another, all, he's a knockdown good shooter.
0: They also got Ursan uh, Ilyasova, who is who's another big body that they can throw out there. Uh, so this this matchup, it's it's got NBA Finals written all over it in my opinion these these have been the two best teams that streak the bucks went on i know it didn't get a lot of publicity in the national media but i mean any team that wins 18 straight games in the nba had something to talk about exactly and it i can't believe it didn't get more recognition
1: and it, it's no knock to the bucks but they they are easily the best team in the East, even without this eighteen-game win streak. Because if you take teams like the Heat, like the Sixers, they don't really have much to show for. The Sixers had a lot of promise bringing in Al Horford.
0: Well, I think the Heat, the Heat were coming in undefeated at home against the Lakers, and they were they yeah were they with, had a good home record. They were without Justice Winslow and Goran Dragic. And they put up a hell of a fight against the Lakers and they they showed that I think they're for real.
1: Yeah, no, no. But I know what I'm saying is that there's no team in the East that I'm really afraid of playing if I'm any team in the West besides the Bucs.
0: Yeah, because I mean Giannis himself just being that X factor, it's
1: Yeah, you your first your first uh strategy is how the hell do we stop him? And then from there, you have to say, How do we stop shooters like Matthews and Corver? Then we have to contain the Lopez twins. Then you got to contain Chris Middleton. Exactly, he's another great shooter. So you have th- that team has so many options. That's why that team is scary. Yeah, but it's for no, sure. knock to, no knock to them. But they were beating teams like the Clippers, you know, yeah. powerhouses in the West, the Nuggets. Yeah. So I mean, listen, this this game is going to be a lot of
0: fun to watch. I'm I'm excited for it, and it's going to be a test for both teams. It's you got the two best teams in the league right now going up against each other, and.
1: Well, it's a, it's a good measuring stick at this, like, quarter of a season. Quarter-ish, roughly, yeah. yeah. and to see where, where they fall b- uh, before Christmas and a little bit before the All-Star break.
0: Yeah, and listen, at the end of the day, the Lakers are also still missing Kyle Kuzma. He's dealing with that ankle injury, and I think when he comes back and is 100% healthy, he will add that extra scoring dynamic that uh, the Lakers, I, I wouldn't necessarily say could use, but, like, It's a nice problem to have.
1: No, but they could use it, though. Yeah, I mean... Let's be honest here. Me and you went to a game early on this year, the home opener, and games without Kuzma. There's been times where LeBron sits and AD sits. From there, where do you generate offense?
0: Yeah, and I I think that Frank Vogel has done a nice job with staggering the lineups, and it has been a bit of a work in progress for him. It's still early in the season, and he's still working out the kinks of the rotation and i think he's done a a pretty solid job with it so far but yeah i mean it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun matchup it's it's all hands on deck for both of these teams in this matchup i think so well then
1: in that case i hope that ad does
0: play then yeah i i think he does play i i think i think he's gonna do it
1: I don't. know. Have you ever had an ankle injury? That's not yes, something to yes. screw around with.
0: Uh, uh, Jacob, I played basketball all my life. I sprained okay. my ankle plenty of times. I'm,
1: I'm just saying. I don't know if he if he plays. If de- depending on what it is, who knows?
0: Yeah. So, all right, you got a you gotta shout out before we get out of here.
1: I will. I do have a shout out. I will shout out the Bucks only because of this great win streak, and okay. on top of that, Giannis is one of my favorite players. Just seeing last year, I'm not gonna lie. I did want them to go to the finals. No knock to Toronto. I respect them for them winning their their one and only title that they'll probably ever get. Uh, but I did want to see the Bucs in there. So seeing them uh, take that as like a learning experience coming into this year and then just perfecting everything that were some issues, that's what I want to see. So shout out to the Bucs.
0: Yeah, I think Giannis is at the, the top of my list right now of players I want to see play live. Like LeBron was at the top of my list, and I got to check him off this season. Uh, I think Giannis is now sitting at the top of my list. We have
1: plenty of time. He's only, what, 24?
0: Yeah, he's a year younger than us. It's Jeez. crazy. So, uh, all right, uh, on a little bit of a more somber note, uh, my shout-out, I want to send my thoughts and prayers to David Stern, former commissioner of the NBA. He suffered a brain hemorrhage last week in a restaurant in New York City. He had emergency surgery on Thursday night after the hemorrhage occurred. Uh, He's currently in – He's still in critical condition, right? Well, he's actually – the NBA put out a statement earlier today he's – currently in serious condition oh has that switched so it, it went from critical to now he's serious but uh we hope he can make a full recovery it's obviously a very very scary time for for the Stern family so oh, big time I want to send my thoughts and prayers out to them but with that that wraps up this episode of the TSK show be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the TSK Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow us at the Duke of Sports at TylerPacholke, and at Jacob double underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.